0: It's the Locked on Flyers podcast for Wednesday, June 7th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that could not be happier with the return that Danny Breer got for Ivan Proveroff. Eh,
1: It's good and bad. There's good and bad in it.
0: Well, we'll get into it. Plus your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked on Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked On NHL. When you enter the promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. You can subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube. We're on the Sirius XM app and anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Russ man, yesterday was a heck of a day for us personally, but also for the Flyers in making a huge deal. Uh, we have been talking for the last week or two about what the first big move of the Danny Briere era was going to be, and it needed to be something to significant to set the tone for what this rebuild was going to look like, and um, this certainly set the tone.
1: It did. It definitely was significant. Uh, look, I mean, you traded your best asset to trade. Other than Me, Provorov is worth the most. And I think it's yep. Provorov was worth the most because how deep, you know, defensemen are worth a lot in today's game. So, based on that, yes. You got a lot, but some of it was a dump too. And you have to recognize what the dump is, what you got, what you're going to get, what you might not get, and just how it's all going to fit in. Because I think well, on the surface, you know, he got a lot and I give him credit for that. Implementing a lot of this will not be easy. And having John do it won't be easy. John's going to not want to do some of this. Like it's not going to be this is not what he wants. He's going to coach this team, but this is not the kind of team he wants to coach. Trust me.
0: Well, I, you know, I think that's a a thing that you talk about the next day, right? Because mm-hmm. for me, this is a prime example of a rebuild year one kind of a deal. Yeah, the Flyers absolutely took salary dump. Cal Peterson, like that's a $5 million contract for this upcoming season and and one more year after that. And but when you're doing a rebuild and you're in year one, you're going to take contract dumps. That's that's part of how it that's part of how it works. And I think that getting another first round pick in this draft is gold. I think getting back into the second round for next year's draft, not once but possibly twice. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get the is, second
1: one. I think you're almost going to be 25 for that
0: one. I think so too, but nonetheless, we still have at least one second round yeah. pick uh, next year, which is good. Uh, what the Flyers threw in as, you know, extras in No, the, I mean that's fine. that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, you know, it doesn't matter us that the Kings are retaining 30% of Provorov's salary. It's that the Flyers are not retaining any of the salary. Right. That is the good part of that, right? Yes.
1: That's a very good part of it. The bad part of it is that they don't have anybody in their system, even in their system now, that will replace Ivan Provorov. And that's a problem. And, and that's a problem. That's That's a coaching problem. But the other thing is, now it does make me wonder if they're going to force that seventh pick for a defenseman see all of this has to it's all going to come back to the draft you've now built this draft up to the point where you're now asking the same people that have been doing the draft that have had some warts in the past few drafts to come through on this one and and that's where this w- could get tricky now you know cal peterson if, if fans out there think he's all of a sudden going to get rehabilitated you know he had his chance
0: he's
1: he's a backup. He is
0: I don't think anybody thinks he's going to be great. That's fine, I think I'm just throwing it everybody out. Everybody thinks that he would be back up at most.
1: So, who's the number one?
0: Well, right now it's Carter Hart, but that's yeah, you another know. question. Which in, you know, in a couple really,
1: of days it might not be right, and then we might it be, might doing not another be. Show. yeah,
0: that that is absolutely true. And, and we'll get into that more. But getting back to Helgi Granz,
1: so Helgi Granz is a guy that I know really well from the draft, he's a good defenseman, but he's like a mm-hmm. four. That's what he is. So now if I look at the Flyers defense, and I'm not looking just for this year. Like I'm looking for the next couple of years because even if you go and draft a defenseman with that seventh pick, you shouldn't be expecting that defenseman for two to three years. Even if if you go and get Reinbacher, you shouldn't be expecting him for two years. So what am I going to look like on that back end? And it's not pretty. It's going to be pretty mediocre. No.
0: But I don't think anybody expects anything other than that. Okay. That's what I think. I don't know about that. I
1: get some texts that say, I don't mind taking a slip back, but I don't want to go that far back. I am getting some of that. And that's why I'm answering to that.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I just think my impression is that the expectations would be higher if the Flyers decided to keep Proveroff. If they were going to trade Ivan Proveroff, the expectations go further down and in year one what the flyers D looks like isn't as big a deal right uh, to okay. people i think it, it, the setting the flyers up for success is the more important part of this to me and to a lot of people i think and that's where uh, i'm pretty happy uh, about this outcome i think that you know i was very hesitant to say that the flyers would trade ivan proveroff for the exact reason you talked about, that John Tortorella wouldn't want to coach the team without a top defenseman like that, and that they wouldn't pull the trigger on something like that simply to keep Tortorella happy. They pulled the trigger on it. So maybe things are a little different than we thought. Well, I
1: mean, things are a little different for sure because they did actually pull the trigger. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm not going to overanalyze it in the sense that I have to see how those other things fit in. The draft is a yep. really important part of that because. If we find out in two or three years, they didn't do a good job on this draft. Um, you're looking at five to seven years of a rebuild. Like it could get really ugly. And so that's the, that's the gamble here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely a gamble, but where I see this coming out is that, you know, having this second pick in the first round says, okay, we're going to get the absolute best forward we can possibly get with that seventh pick and then take the defenseman possibly with the 22nd. They may play. not do that. But they could. That's the I thing. Know, is, I know, but I'm just saying that,
1: they may not. You have to understand that.
0: They may not, but I don't think that it's, I don't think it's 50-50. I think it's more likely that they take the forward with the higher pick. I
1: mean, I'll give you that. But the other thing is when you trade Ivan Provarov to get back actual tangible assets, Hoagie Granz is, is lukewarm as far as tangible asset
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's why the draft is super important yeah. where where i would have said he hit, he would have hit a home run on this had the tangible asset been something better than Grands, but for for la grands is a, is a is a extra piece that's all it is
0: no i totally get that you know
1: and he's good he's useful don't get me wrong but that's that's where that's where i fall short is on that part of it and look pro playing over in columbus he's going to get 50 points a year he's going to be back to that he could be so just i hope fans are ready for that because the ones that think that he's not good anymore we didn't think that on this show i'm not saying we think that but the ones that didn't think he wasn't good anymore are going to be shocked
0: yeah i think he wasn't good with the flyers anymore and he wasn't going to be good with the flyers no matter No, what. i guess with
1: him and john it just wasn't going to work out
0: Yeah, I think that there's potential for him to improve somewhere else. I don't know if Columbus is the right place for him to improve. I got to say, especially if they make the coaching change that we think they're going to make.
1: I think I think Babcock would like Proveroff because he goes out there. He does his business. He plays really hard. I don't think he'll have anything to say to him, really.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I have doubts, but again, Remains to be seen, and it's not our problem anymore, right?
1: And clearly with the other things that Babcock is about, um, he's not going to have any other issues with Proveroff for things that he believes in. He's not going to care about that.
0: No, he will not. There's so much more to talk about with this deal. We're going to talk about what Danny Breer had to say about it at the press conference. had some interesting things to say there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the implications for the Flyers D, what that goaltending battle could look like, and what it means for the cap. And we'll do that coming up next.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dog shorts and pants. Their stretchy fabric makes me look better, and they're very comfy. And they're probably comfier than my other shorts and pants too. I mean, I was wearing them on the flight today, a long flight with a connector and. I was comfortable and that's that's the main thing i mean i i i always choose certain clothes to uh to travel with rachel and now i uh i'll travel with these because they've uh they proved it if i were to play golf i would do it i was invited to play golf so we'll see how that works out but anyhow bird dog shorts are perfect for that day when you go into a tailgate or a baseball game or you're just going to kind of hang out at the stadium go to birddogs.com Slash locked on NHL and enter promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style Tumblr with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style Tumblr. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you.
0: Uh, before we get back into our discussion of the Ivan Provorov trade, uh, this will have draft implications like we've been talking about. Uh, We'd already talked a plan to talk on tomorrow's show about Oliver Moore versus Ryan Leonard. We're going to do that, but then we're also going to talk about that 22nd overall pick and what the Flyers could potentially do there. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about what this means for the Flyers D next season. And, you know, we talked about grounds, but, what about Sean Walker? Where does he fit into all of this?
1: He's your new Nick sealer. So you don't really yeah. need Nick sealer now. Like, that's really the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I thought so, too. That was my first thought is yeah. uh, where does Nick sealer fit into this? Because the way that Danny Breer was talking, it seems like he is gung ho on getting the younger guys, the Zamula, the adder, right you know, up it, up and playing. And so to me, that only leaves room for one guy like that. Right. And so maybe they'll, they'll trade Sealer.
1: Yeah. It seems like that might happen now.
0: Talking about the goaltending situation now with Peterson, the Flyers are now in a situation where we have four goaltenders. Yeah. We'll see though. I don't
1: think it's going to be for long.
0: If you talk to the Vegas Golden Knights, having four goaltenders (laughs) is not such a bad thing, right? No, but you know what's
1: funny? I'll tell you what's funny about that and i've had some long conversations about this right now aiden hill is just on a really big hot streak right yeah. you're not signing him to a 5 year deal i'm not signing no. him to a 5 year deal this is just his moment so that's why it's working out otherwise trust me i could tell you i was in that locker room players aren't going to say it right but they're legitimately you know blown away at what he's
0: right what he's
1: doing trust me when i tell, when i tell you that
0: there were definitely additional rumors yesterday about Carter Hart being involved in a trade. We heard Toronto being brought up. We heard Edmonton being brought up amongst, you know, a couple other possibilities. And, you know, I think the Toronto thing was just because Toronto that's how how does this affect the Leafs, you know? Right. But um, it, it does make the possibility of a Carter Hart trade much higher than it was yesterday. I'll tell you that
1: no question and you still would look for him to go to edmonton to the area where it's comfortable that w- that would always be the first place you'd look same way first place that Giroux was g- going to go eventually we just didn't think it was going to be that quick was going to be ottawa right so same right. thing and that's what i would look at with heart
0: yeah and, and i think as far as value this proveroff deal you know creates a, a benchmark i think for what at least the expectation would be for yes. a harder hard deal that it would be very high. Yeah, no question.
1: I mean, he would get a little bit more than that in return. Like instead of grand, you would get hopefully an A prospect.
0: Yeah, like you would have to do it,
1: or I just wouldn't do it. Like I just absolutely yeah. wouldn't
0: do it. I think so too. Uh, as far as the cap space aspect of things here you know, they got rid of the Provorovs contract, but adding in Peterson and Walker, that's 7.65 million. So they actually gained slightly under 1 million. Yeah. So they got actually... the draft
1: picks by taking the dump.
0: Exactly, which is, again, what you do in a rebuild, right? Yeah, I mean, at least they didn't give up a
1: draft pick to do it. So I give them credit. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's a win because Chuck Fletcher couldn't figure out how to do that. No. And and Danny Breyer did it. Yeah. And then you're also looking at that also being an indicator of future deals to come, right, because Danny Breyer is not going to want to increase the cap on less quality players. No, he's going to try
1: and move Kevin Hayes, but we don't know if he'll be successful, honestly.
0: Right, but I also see them trying to move other people as well Yeah, in order to kind of balance out this deal. I think wise. in another so rest- year,
1: Konechny's moving, and he won't be back either. I think that's just a, it's going to happen.
0: I think it could be Konechny. It could be other players, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But I don't think this was a bad deal from a cap perspective, given where the Flyers are. No, I
1: mean, no. They didn't gain a lot of cap space. They didn't kill right. themselves on the cap... Plus, they also are hoping, like you said, they're going to gain some cap space. So, from a cap perspective, they're fine. I, I have no qualms about that whatsoever.
0: The other thing too is they could potentially flip Walker at the deadline uh, because I mean, he for only a sixth has rounder, seventh
1: rounder, you know.
0: maybe, but that's something, right? It's okay. another asset. Yeah. You know and and that's something we had talked about when we were talking about um you know free agency and all of that yeah that some of the assets we might want to pick up we would potentially want to be able to flip at the trade mm-hmm. deadline to get additional picks and and that's an opportunity there it may not be a big return but it's something
1: yeah it'll be something
0: okay so i do also want to talk about what danny Briere had to say about the whole thing um he had a uh, I think a pretty lengthy press conference for just one trade. Yeah, I'd have liked to have been
1: on it, but I was having trouble at the airport. So I figured it's probably not best if I get on that call all disheveled. So I didn't do it. (laughs) All
0: right. (laughs) Well, I did watch the whole thing, and I think that first off, I think Danny Breyer did a great job with this presser in terms of presenting himself from a confidence standpoint. And from a we're not going to tell you anything that we don't want to tell you standpoint. Right. Which is fine. I have no problem. Yeah. I just thought that he he had a really strong presence. And as a younger new GM, I think that's something that's important to show.
1: That's important.
0: And then I also think that um, he had some, you know, some of the answers were cagey, but some of them were pretty solid in terms of why he decided to pull the trigger on this deal, um, you know, was very nice about Ivan Provorov's time with the Flyers, as he should be. But yeah, no you know, he's like, I he's like, I, I couldn't resist that, you know, first round pick in this draft.
1: Right? I get that. I do. That's important. And, you
0: know, he said, sometimes you have to pay the price in terms of he was asked, are these future assets worth more than Provy's present value? And he said, he was pretty honest about it. He's like, it's going to be tough to replace Provarov, but these assets to build for the future are worth it. And that nobody's going to give up a first round pick for a player with no value, which I think that was almost a dig at Chuck Fletcher, but not quite.
1: Well, I I, I think not so much a dig at Chuck. I think that's probably like, Hey, don't expect the first for um, if we can move um, Kevin Hayes. I think that's what it might be.
0: Could be, um, you know, basically said Provi didn't ask for a change of scenery or they weren't going to talk about it, right? right but if right. that was part of any of their conversations, which again, that's the way Danny Breer is going to handle these things. Um, I thought in terms of you know him talking about the players coming in that it was nice that he was honest that he hadn't seen Grant's play yeah. but he was really you know d- dependent but confident in the reports he got from the pro scouting department on that front and from other people who had seen him play um and and that kind of led to another important thing that he talked about was the process of making this deal that you know he was on the phone with keith jones four or five five times a day dan hilferty got involved but he talked specifically about again talking with the pro scouts about the return the guys they were getting in return um that he worked very closely with the analytics department on mm-hmm. figuring out what picks they wanted to get in return and the value of those picks, um, as well as the young players, you know, involved. And that it was a really cool collaborative team effort that came to the conclusion that this was the deal that they could make. And he just talked about it in a way that I feel like we haven't heard from the Flyers before. And I really appreciated that. No,
1: that part's good. I mean, that part is what you want. Um, One part I give him credit for is saying that he couldn't tell anybody about Helgi Grands, but he you know, was trusting the scouting yeah, staff. But that's exactly. the part I worry about because it's the same scouting staff, Rachel. And if they all of a sudden make moves in July, you have now made a trade based on that scouting staff telling you something. And some of those people might not even be around after that. So that's the part I have to say could be a minefield for Danny. It's not his fault. He, these are the people he's got right now, and he's trusting them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's something that if it bites him, he's going to learn quickly.
0: Well, and that's why I appreciate that there were other people involved besides just those pro scouts. He got the information from them, but he also worked with, like he said, the analytics team. Sure. He had Keith Jones involved. You know, there were so Tortorella was involved. Yeah, but, you know, here, so, here's,
1: not to diminish Keith he hasn't played enough games at the pro level for Keith to have a great idea of what Helgi Grands is. It's not like Keith was in, you know, watching all these Kings games. And he's a no, on... but
0: maybe he knows people that know. No, know. but again,
1: okay, but that's the dangerous thing about if you're going to go with, this is why, like, when I do my own scouting, I don't listen to what other people are telling me before I really have looked at a player for a long time because just because you told me and that guy told me doesn't mean that that's so. That's just what they're telling me. So that stuff can be that's I also have to point that out, that that can be dangerous at times.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course it can. And I I just think that the signals that he was sending in terms of the collaborative process are a good that part's good, a a good sign. And I think that bodes well for future deals. It bodes well, I think, you know, heading into next season and and trade deadline, obviously so much more to come, Mm -hmm. but I think that overall This is not a perfect deal, but it's a very, very good deal. And I think it's it just feels like it's been a while since the Flyers were involved in a very good deal where the Flyers were given top marks from people on the trade. And it it just I think is a good way to kick off this new era.
1: I will say it's a good deal after I see how they do in the draft, because that's what hinges this whole deal is the draft. So he did a good he did. He made a good deal by setting themselves up for that, but that's 50% of it.
0: We'll have a lot more questions moving forward. We're gonna talk more about those potential draft picks tomorrow, but in the meantime, we have some of your mailbag questions and we will get to them coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. For the NBA Finals, uh, don't count Miami out right now. A coach seems to be on one, and maybe that'll motivate them. So maybe you want to make that bet this time around. The best parts about betting on FanDuel are that they have great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Russ, we have a few good questions from the old mailbag. On today's episode, there was one we had to eliminate because the Ivan Proverov trade happened and the question was no longer relevant. But uh, (laughs) Mario wants to know, uh, we all know about goals and assists when evaluating players. What are some intangibles that a scout might say to a GM to convince him to take one player over another, particularly in the later rounds of the draft?
1: Zone entries, zone exits, although there's not a ton of that for junior hockey. uh, hockey iq that's something that's obvious when you're doing the eye test uh just um vision how a player even if he's a defenseman vision when he's passing vision for a player seeing what plays open up on the ice seeing the space those yeah. things are big heart and then sometimes scouts will just say he he just he's a hockey player and if he's a hockey player That's like encompasses like six different qualities.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. There's like this vague terminology, but you know what it is when you see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you look
1: at Travis Konecti, he's a hockey player.
0: Yep. 100%. And I know exactly what you mean by that. And it is a combination of factors. And I think, you know, for me, um, and I talked about this on yesterday's show when evaluating, you know, some lower round prospects. It's that when they are given feedback and when they are given a a thing to work on, how do they go about working on it and do they make those improvements? And if you can see that and see that through line, to me, that's a good sign that they're coachable. Right. Yeah, I agree. So Art uh, had some free agent options that he was interested in, um, some of which we talked about in our uh, free agency intro last week some of which we haven't, um, but um, he brings up Athanasiu and Nemestikov. And I wondered w- what you thought about those two options.
1: I wouldn't get Athanasiu because he's a lot of speed, no finish. Um, if they get Nemestikov and he's just like a two-year guy to help him through the rebuild, that's fine because he can teach others. He's a good center. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not against getting him. Because now chuck fletcher's not there so they don't have to have everybody 25 and under that was a little ridiculous anyhow
0: i'm kind of with you there Athanasiou, i you he's just so hit or miss to me yeah he is that even if he's like a cheap option i just don't know if he's worth it and i don't know that he makes anybody around him better he does and that's and that's what's important especially if you're going to have tyson forrester up or like yeah. some of the other guys up like i don't want him playing with them you know no.
1: Nemesnik that Nemestikov could teach and his dad's a yeah. scout. So he does know some things.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Carts 88 wanted to know, uh, we had talked about potential reclamation projects in uh-huh. that free agency discussion. Uh, Philip Zedina. What do you think there?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I got Zedina for, let's say that twenty second, let's say Columbus turns it into that, I'll do it. But I have to be committed to getting that offense out of him. He's got a shot. He's learned how to play away from the puck, but he hasn't, his offense hasn't come through. Like you have to be committed to that. So Torts has to be committed to that. If he's not, then you can't do that deal.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it seems like Eiserman has washed his hands of him to some extent. Right, And he, you know,
1: like sometimes a, a new start is good, but you have to really be, sure you want to do that
0: yeah i think you know it could go either way with tortorella and Zadina too like i, I just i don't know and i think that's a big risk but it it could pay off as it a, could be as a big a, reward yeah i think so too so it's a really interesting option it is. to consider um, i like the idea of it yeah me too me too definitely something to think about and um of course with the trade You know, we talked about this a little bit, but a couple of people asked us, uh, have the odds changed on trading Carter Hart now?
1: Yeah, I think it's 70 30 he gets traded.
0: I might be, you know, 60 40, but it still went up. (laughs) Before, I think I was maybe 30 to 40%. Yeah, I was 50 50. So I I do think so. It just like to take a goaltender back, even though the Kings were just contract dumping, there, there had to have been another contract they could have taken. Right. And the fact that it's a goalie like that is just a a red alarm bell, right? Signaling
1: that's a goalie that Dillabaugh knows. And maybe they're going to try and spin Mm -hmm. that, you know,
0: there is that too. And uh, I think that it does make it more likely. um, I think in some ways for me, I uh, would be really upset about it just because I like Carter Hart a lot as a goalie. Oh, sure. I I do too. Yeah. With what he's done for you know, the organization and not having good teams in front of him. And he's played his heart out
1: Yeah, the last couple of years. He's, you know, essentially gotten his teeth bashed in for the kind of job he's done.
0: So I appreciate all of that. But also it makes this rebuild more exciting, I think. Just, you know, really wiping that slate clean and like, who knows what the possibilities are. And I think that's fun and exciting for the Flyers.
1: It's fun and exciting, but you do have to still look at history and say, It's been hard to get goalies in Philly. It has. Be wary of that. It took a long time to find Carter Hart.
0: Yep. Again, big risk. Uh, Not sure what the potential reward might be there, but there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about there. We will, again, be continuing to talk about the draft on tomorrow's show. We're working on the Locked On NHL mock draft, and that got thrown for a wrench. Uh, yep. Which, uh, So we'll have an extra pick to talk about for y'all. But We have a strategy. Time. We do. We are going to uh, revisit Oliver Moore tomorrow. We're going to talk about Moore versus Leonard yep. uh, at 7 as options, and then pick options at 22. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions, uh, especially after this big deal, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russell. i at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.